Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Welcome back, my for Not welcome back, gee whiz. I was actually... <laughs> welcome to today's program. How about that? I was actually thinking about yesterday's program as I was getting ready to say those words. And I, since it's a continuation, I guess I can say welcome back. Uh, we're going to continue what we talked about yesterday. But I was just telling Oz, I got message um there's occasionally on this program you know we we come in i you know prepare what i want to what i think is important or what what gets i don't know what speaks the most to me or what lights my fire the most and things i think that we need to discuss and talk about and all that and that's what we talk about every day and occasionally occasionally i will finish a show i'm just being transparent with you here i'll finish a show and i'll think man i didn't really think i did a good job today now admit <laughs> admittedly and make this can say whatever you think it says about me i don't know i don't normally feel that way and it's not ever because i don't try but there's just some days i just don't feel like i i I don't know, hit the mark or got, I I describe it sometimes as feeling like I'm in the groove. And I kind of felt like that yesterday. And I told Oz after the show that very thing. And I, I, I'm not kidding you when I do this and which is not, which is not often. And I don't want that to be misinterpreted as I'm cocky or something. That's not what I mean. I just know that I, you know, I, I feel like I gave, you know, I gave my all. I, I did the best I could with the you know time we have and all that sort of stuff, which I felt like I tried my best, but I just didn't feel like I got into the groove yesterday. But it's inevitable. Anytime I say that or feel that way, I get a message from one or some of you, and I, I'm just sometimes just uh, it's just interesting to me. So I like hearing from you. Is the point? Now you don't have to tell me how great the show was. I mean. You probably should, nine times out of ten. I'm kidding. But you can send your communication to me, Todd, at ToddFShow.com. Thoughts, questions, opinions, all that sort of stuff. And, of course, anytime you sprinkle in a little bit of adoration and praise, it will be received. <laughs> it will be received better by yours truly. I'm only half kidding about that. So I want to continue what we were talking about yesterday. I want to pick up and get into it quickly. And... um. If you did not listen to the program yesterday, I mean, first of all, shame on you. I'm kidding. But you can go back and you can listen to yesterday's podcast. They're easy to get to. I think we put them at ToddHuffShow.com slash listen. Or you can go to ToddHuffShow.com slash podcast and you can actually just set it up so that you get, um, you know, you subscribe to whatever, wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you haven't ever done that, it really isn't very hard, but it'll go, it'll go to your phone. Every day, heck, there's a way to get um, your, the show by email too. Um, as so, there's there's multiple ways you can listen to this program. But 
Go back to listen to yesterday because I don't want to set the thing completely up. I do want to do a little bit of setting up for those that may not have heard yesterday's show yet. I'm going to do this quickly. So we don't normally talk about things that are local to a a particular state, but I find this interesting enough, and it's been in the the news enough, the national news enough, um, the situation in Michigan where a – Democrat state senator by the name of Mallory McMorrow um, went to the podium in the Senate to basically, I guess, directly respond to comments and accusations and so forth made by a Republican senator named uh, Lana or Lena Theis, T-H-E-I-S. And so we played about a third of that yesterday. So we got about a minute and a half into it. I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to let that, I'm going to play, I'm going to play that again to set it up. And then we're going to pick up where we left off and I'm going to talk about this because I think there's a lot of things in this. And I don't, look, I'm not in Michigan. I'm in, I'm in Indiana. Um, This is home to me. Flyover country as the left thinks about it. This is, this is the heartland. I mean, This is, I think, where reasonable people with common sense, you know, traditional American values, it's a big chunk of the middle of the country of folks that believe this. In fact, or that that I think would relate to how people here feel. It's it's only extreme radical groups along I I don't even you could say the east and west coasts, but it's even it's a really thin area along the coast. On, for one thing, but another thing is it's not even the whole coast. It's really coastal liberal cities, Seattle, Portland, San Francisco, Los Angeles. Um, I'm not even sure I would throw San Diego into that mix. And then, of course, you go to the Northeast, head, you know, Boston, uh, you know, pe- places like Providence and New York City. Um and you get down, you get down into like uh, Virginia Beach. I don't include Virginia Beach into that. I don't include a lot of the cities in the South. You know, you you get down to Miami, okay, maybe it's a different type of vibe, I guess. But there's a lot of people in these places. But it's, I, I really do think from our travels, which has just been, you know, we we traveled over the per, the first three months of the year over a decent chunk of the country. I really do believe, and I've told multiple people this, I think that 70% of America would agree with the vast majority of the things that I believe and that those in the audience who are conservative, which is, of course, the vast majority of you, people would agree. I mean, there's going to be differences on certain issues and all that, but I really do believe this. I believe that there are liberal bastions, liberal radical leftist places um and they have louder voices they have more preposterous claims and allegations and ideas and this is where we get some of this gender stuff and uh critical race theory and all these other things it's it's like nailing jello to the wall no matter how you try to define it it's not quite correct and all this sort of stuff most people don't adhere to this stuff even rank and file democrat voters i i really do wish I hope, hope that those of you listening to my voice would recognize 
that the radical left, I mean, they're not, they're not in a, currently in a position to be persuaded, but there's a lot of people, a lot of people in, uh, that are moderates, rank-and-file Democrat voters, union Democrat, teachers who are Democrats. They're not – now, there's radicals within those groups, but that's not – again, that's a smaller group. These radicals control the megaphones of culture. These radicals are sitting on the boards of uh, social media and big tech, right? These are people that don't like – they're terrified of the Elon Musks of the world. They like to have their positions where they can arbitrarily – and it's not even arbitrarily, it's it's directed at a certain ideology, but arbitrarily in the sense of the amount of logic that's applied, there's no literal reason to censor or silence or uh, you know, throttle down someone's post other than it doesn't align with the ideology of a particular group, which of course is the radical left. And these are the people who are who are running these organizations, who are comment moderators or whatever fact checkers and all this sort of stuff in the media. And so they they echo those voices louder. But there's not don't be confused with them, ec- you know, having them echo something versus it actually being louder because there is more people that agree with this stuff. I contend that 70% and maybe even slightly more um would agree. There's a lot of room for for agreement here. Without compromising that's the other part i want to say without compromising conservative principles now it's not going to be 100 percent agreement but there's a lot of common ground anyway so wherever you are in the country with a few a few exceptions again i'm listed pretty much the major ones the seattle's the portland oregon's the san francisco's and so so forth um that you people i think agree with these these conservative principles by and large. So, but there's an ideological war happening in in politics, in culture, and it stems from our worldview. And so this Michigan State Senator, Democrat by the name again, Mallory McMorrow, she goes to the podium in the Senate to address some of the things that are happening. Um, and there's a couple of things, an email that was sent out by Republican Senator Lana Theus. Um, there was a prayer that Lana Theus made in the Senate chamber in Michigan where she actually prayed to protect our children, which really is upset uh, Senator McMorrow here because um, she, of course, is a leftist and she's in favor of some of these radical things, but she doesn't like she doesn't like being called out by a Republican senator in a prayer. And as I play this, you're gonna, it's going to make sense why, um, but I want to get to that. So we talked about this yesterday. If you want to hear comments and initial thoughts on the first part of her speech, yesterday's show is the place to do that. Um, we're going to play the first part of it, and then we're going to start talking about the rest of this. I think, I think it's worth going through. I do. So that being said, here is Senator McMorrow in the Michigan Senate levying this speech and uh, responding, responding to emails and prayers and actions and words that have been spoken and written and so forth by Senator Leas and her, or Theus, excuse me, and her campaign and all this sort of stuff. But I think understanding this and properly responding to this, I, I love that this stuff, I love that this stuff is hitting the mainstream 
um, because she's she is in the major minority on this. So that's all I'm going to say about this. We're going to play the beginning of her speech, which I commented on yesterday, and then we're going to go through a couple of other points. Here she is, Senator Mallory McMorrow, in the Michigan Senate here just a couple of days ago. Thank you, Mr. President. I didn't expect to wake up yesterday to the news that the senator from the 22nd District had overnight accused me by name of grooming and sexualizing children in an email fundraising for herself. So I sat on it for a while wondering why me. And then I realized, because I am the biggest threat to your hollow, hateful scheme. Because you can't claim that you are targeting marginalized kids in the name of, quote, parental rights if another parent is standing up to say no. So then what? Then you dehumanize and marginalize me. You say that I'm one of them. You say she's a groomer. She supports pedophilia. She wants children to believe that they were responsible for slavery and to feel bad about themselves because they're white. Okay. And I did this yesterday, but just quickly. Notice how the things that she is saying, the, 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 she's basically complaining about the allegations made by Senator Theus, the Republican, She's saying, this is how my political opponent is uh, representing me. But the thing is, the thing is, <laughs> this, let's, let's just take some of, these, some of these bills. If you allow critical race theory to be taught to students in school, you are absolutely, now, they may have a different viewpoint of this. Right, that this is what this is why free speech is so important. Now they're wrong. I'm going to tell you flat out. If they have a different viewpoint on on this, they're either trying to deceive you or, you know, um, conceal their real motives. Because this sort of thing is obvious, right? Critical race theory, basically, te- there's a lot of problems with it, but basically teaches us. It's, I don't want to say it teaches us. It claims, how about that? It claims that if you're white, you are de facto racist. It talks about the most important part of an individual. The most important thing about an individual is his or her race. And, we, and, and they look at kids through race. And if someone is from a racial minority or someone is, is black, they are viewed and given different... I mean, folks, we have all sorts of stupid things that have happened in schools um, based upon based upon race. I mean, they're segregating in places now uh, based upon race. They're, remember the school? I remember it was near Denver. I think it was either Centennial. Uh, it was a Denver public school. I have a friend that lives out there. That's why I'm pretty sure it was Centennial. But there was a sign that said... I, like Tuesday night was the day that it was black students only or black families only that could play on the playground or some, something like that. I probably should dig that up. But these are the sorts of things that follow from this, right? I mean, these are the sorts of things when I was in school we talked about as being bad. We talked about, you know, segregating people based upon race or other these other criteria is not a good thing. How about we just figure out a way to to live together in spite of these differences, which honestly, I think, and this is to some people, they will go crazy when I say this, but for the, how about this? The people that I know 
when it comes to the race of an individual, I, I just, I don't know people that dislike someone because of, of their race. I feel like we've come a long, long way. Um, the generations before mine were were different. And if you go back in history, absolutely. But we've come so far. And to suggest to suggest that it's a completely made-up response to say if you support critical race theory being taught in schools, um, you're teaching white children to be ashamed of their race. I mean, that is literally what happens. I mean, there, there's a racial tiered system that that's basically saying white people have messed it all up, so let's now flip the script so that we can swing the pendulum back. Instead of just saying, how about we just knock off all the racism? How about that for an idea? How about we just stop it? We don't try to to try to fix anything that happened beforehand because nine times out of 10 or probably 999 out of 1,000, you're holding people accountable today for something they themselves didn't do. It was a previous generation or a couple of generations back. And none of this makes sense because your objective is not, is not actually racial justice. And to suggest, as she did here, Senator Theus, or yes, Senator, excuse me, McMorrow, the Democrat, to suggest here that critical race theory doesn't have, at least you can't, that you cannot argue that it creates this sort of scenario where it teaches white children to be ashamed of their race or to apologize. I mean, where do you think terms like white fragility and all this sort of stuff, white guilt come from? I mean, it's, it's all from this sort of ideology. But she doesn't like it to be portrayed that way. In fact, they're used to controlling the narrative. They're used to calling, uh, you know, naming the bills. They're, they're used to having the support of the media um, to create narratives, false narratives that name bills or change the popular, refer- how we popularly refer to a bill. So, say the don't say gay bill. That is how they refer to that piece of legislation that DeSantis signed here a couple of weeks ago. But that's not at all what the bill is about. They want to be able to do that, but they don't like when we do it in return, especially when we hit closer to the truth than they could ever dream. So this is what, in fact, I'm going to tell a quick story. I'm long in this segment, but I'm going to do this really quickly. I've done this on here before. When I was in college at American University for a semester program, I was a Butler student, but I went to American University for a semester program. We were debating, the class and I, well, the class versus me, pretty much. We were debating abortion. And this female student in class, she said, you're just anti-choice. Now, what typically happens when that happens to a conservative or a Republican, at least historically, people in political office and so forth, they're, they're shocked, they're dismayed, they go on the defensive, oh, I'm not that, I'm not that, and, and they lose any opportunity to win the debate. So I simply paused, and I looked at my classmate, and I said, I tell you what, I'll let you call me anti-choice when you allow me to call you anti-life. And she, the, the look of pure shock on her face, and that's what happens when we you know, push back a little bit, and that's what's stirred and, and <laughs> lit the fuse of Senator McMorrow here because there is pushback now. 
conservatives are on social media. And no matter what the left tries to do, short of short of just silencing people on social media, they're losing the narrative. They're losing control of the debate. They can't handle it. They're being held accountable for the real consequences of their actions and votes and decisions and all this sort of stuff. And they don't like it. And it also forces them, it also forces them to look at it in a way that they don't like to look at it. They're used to saying, okay, this is how we're going to frame this debate. Media, take it and run. We're going to talk about these other things and not, you know, the narrative is going to carry us through to victory. But it's it's able to be hijacked, <laughs> I guess you could say. It's able to be derailed, how about that, by efforts of people who push back with with logic and good arguments and sometimes even a little bit uh, of a political aggression um, to insist that we don't allow the narrative to get away from us, to insist that this is framed in accordance to truth, not to some crazy liberal concept or idea and so forth. So she's upset. She's upset because she's not allowed to live in fantasy world anymore. She's having, she's having to defend legitimate arguments against her positions and the actual consequences of this crazy crap that's happening around the country. Long in this segment, we'll pick it up when we get back. Listening to Conservative Not Better Talk, I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. All right, my friends, welcome back here. Let's get back into this uh, this little speech given by Senator Mallory McMorrow, Michigan State Senate, and just look, she opens up a whole all sorts of issues here. And again, these are a lot of a lot of things relative to the national narrative um, or locally. What's happening in, in your state or your part of the country? Of course, many of you are here in Indiana as well. These things matter everywhere. And I think that there is just a lot here to unpack and talk about. So I'm going to pick up where we left off before the break. Again, Senator Senator McMorrow addressing her Republican opponent, more or less, um, for challenging pretty much her positions on issues. Here's a little bit of background about who I really am. Growing up, my family was very active in our church. I sang in the choir. My mom taught CCD. One day, our priest called a meeting with my mom and told her that she was not living up to the church's expectations and that she was disappointing. My mom asked why. Among other reasons, she was told it was because she was divorced and because the priest didn't see her at Mass every Sunday. So where was my mom on Sundays? She was at the soup kitchen with me. My mom taught me at a very young age that Christianity and faith was about being part of a community about recognizing our privilege and blessings and doing what we can to be of service to others, especially people who are marginalized, targeted, and who had less, often unfairly. Okay, we talked about this yesterday too, um, but I just want to say, no, first of all, notice the anger. Like she is, she is livid. There, there's no hiding this. She is, she is livid because this other senator has. I mean, struck a nerve here, right? She struck a nerve, and she's livid. And um, I commend her for helping the homeless and serving at soup kitchens and, and all of that. I, I think that um, I do think that as Christians, we should we should be serving 
others. But that's not, again, as I said yesterday, that is not the mark of being a Christian. Um, it's, you know, I, I can't judge anyone else's Christianity, but that's not how you become a Christian. That is a result. Or it should be a result by having the God. You know, I'll say really quickly, I had the privilege of leading my grandfather to Christ about six weeks before he passed, so some something like that, six weeks before he passed away. And after he prayed to accept Jesus, he looked at me. I kid you not, I'll never forget this as long as I live. He looks at me and he goes, well, you could feel that. Just absolute sincerity. And I said, Grandpa, the God of the universe says he lives in our hearts. We should we should feel it. I don't want to say it's just a feeling. That's not what I'm saying. But to say that there should be no evidence of the working of God within our life is not accurate either. Um, and so, yes, we should be moved to do these other things. But those other things are not proof of our – I mean, I guess you could say they, they might be evidence of what we believe. But if, if you're going to make the case – that, as she does here, going to church is just, you know, we don't want to just sit in the same pew every week. Well, that's not really what the Bible teaches us either. Um, Again, I don't want to make this too much about a sermon, but I I just, I find this fascinating. I find it interesting what the left, the radical left, thinks how they describe Christianity a lot of times. I wouldn't, I would say that Christians can serve in soup kitchens, and in that we should be the hands and feet of Christ. That's a very biblical concept. But if when someone asks to describe, you know, what makes you a Christian, if the first thing you do is start listing things that you've done, I would say you it's probably wise to pause, hit the pause button, and say, <laughs> where's the relationship? Because that's where it starts. Now, there's some that have the relationship and that don't allow that to change and that's there's a whole again i'm not the judge here i'm just i'm just pointing out that she almost wants to say i'm i guess more moral than the church i don't know what her ultimate point here is other than saying don't say that i'm standing up for things that are not biblical when i'm when i go to church but that's not how that works either how about we defend, we defend the idea based on the actual, I mean, parts of the idea that that make us choose to endorse it or, you know, um, oppose it? How about we don't just say, well, I've been a Christian for 53 years and this is right. Well, that's actually the exact opposite. How about you explain why it is a good thing? Why is it a good thing to teach Young children, you know, Facebook has 58, 58 genders, 58. I was telling Oz before the show, you know, when we were kids, Oz, we were told that girls could do anything boys can do. In a, in a sense, in a, and there's, a, I, I'm not saying that, I don't want to get into all that right now, but the point was, in a sense, when we were kids, they were almost saying there's not more genders. It's really like we're all the same. And now we got 58. So I don't even know where this goes from here. Facebook has 50. Look it up. 58 genders, uh, gender options on Facebook. And that somehow is something that a kindergartner is going to understand. You know, you'll forgive me, Senator McMorrow, when, when I read the Bible. And from what you said, you do as well. God made two kinds. He made male and female. I just, 
you got to explain more to me why that is a problem than simply saying I've been sitting in, you know, I either go to the church and sit in the pew or I go to the soup kitchen. Like that doesn't mean anything to, I mean, kudos, that's nice. And I think you should be commended for the service, but it doesn't have anything to do with this argument. Let's, this is, this is conflating a lot of things here. And when this is what she goes to in the first part of her speech, this is, this is supposed to be the part that really gets us moving in her direction. And she's way off base here, completely off base. And I've got to take a time out. You're listening here to the home of conservative, not better talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back here in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. I, I, I've got the 58 genders on Facebook, and I'm debating whether I'm going to go through them. But we may. But just it, it's relevant to this conversation and to what she's she's saying here. Let's return to her uh, Senator Mallory McMorrow's speech on the floor of the Michigan State Senate here earlier this week, and let's pick up kind of where we just left off. I learned that service was far more important than performative nonsense like being seen in the same pew every Sunday or writing Christian in your Twitter bio and using that as a shield to target and marginalize already marginalized people. Okay, time out. I don't disagree with her here that, you know, the Bible does say by our fruit we will be known. Um, But... To say it's nonsense to sit in the pew, I really take issue with this. I mean, the Bible does the, the Bible does say, "Do not forsake the assembling of yourselves, the gathering of yourselves together." It's not just simply. I, I don't know. And maybe she, the idea that you go to church to be seen. I don't know. I that's not how why I go. I mean, in fact, when we went, we went to multiple churches on the Truth Tour. I I kind of like to just. You know, not to even really be noticed, to be quite <laughs> to be quite honest with you. I don't know what she's talking about here. Um, and, but she is right. She is right. I mean, if we're going to say we're Christian, I do, I do think she's got a point on something here. I think, you know, for a lot of people who are, you know, Christian or conservative, um, I think sometimes, and I'm going to say this, I'm trying to think of the best way to say this. For some, it is... Um, it's more important to be all the importance is placed on on being right. And I'm not saying we want to be wrong. Do not misunderstand me. But there's also, I mean, the Bible does talk about how we interact with people, right? I mean, it, that is definitely let your gentleness be evident to all. Um, and of course, not everyone is going to accept the truths of those of, of the scripture or the truths of conservative principles. Um, and we shouldn't use that, <laughs> I don't know, the way I look, you sh- we shouldn't use that as an excuse to go, you know, ballistic, I guess. Um, so the, I, I see a point a little bit there, but this is, again, this not the way I view faith and Christianity. Here she, she continues here. I also stand on the shoulders of people like Father Ted Hesburgh, the longtime president of the University of Notre Dame, who was active in the civil rights movement, who recognized his power and privilege as a white man, a faith leader, and the head of an influential and well-respected institution, and who saw black people in this country being targeted and discriminated against and beaten, and reached out to lock arms with Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. when he was alive, when it was unpopular and risky, and marching alongside them to say we've got you 
to offer protection and service and allyship to try to right the wrongs Is and fix injustice this? in the world. Is anyone so saying who that? am I? I, I am know. a straight, white, Christian, married, suburban mom who knows that the very notion that learning about slavery or redlining or systemic racism somehow means that children are being taught to feel bad or hate themselves because... That's, this is such a straw man argument. This, that is not... This is what they want. They want you to think you either, you either support critical race theory or you don't want people to know about redlining and slavery in American history. Again, this is beyond stupid. This is not genuine, or this, if this is genuine, I mean, I don't know what circle she's running in. It is not in circles that have their head in reality, because all of it, who doesn't know about slavery? We, we were all taught about slavery without having any critical race theory. Critical race theory, again, Senator McMorrow is designed to say that one race in today's world has superiority, cannot be racist. The other race, in the case of white, we're all to blame. And we should be guilty. We should feel bad. Um, we should pay reparations. It all leads in that direction. Do not act like it doesn't. Do not act like the choice is either teaching slavery happened in American history or to deny these things ever exist. Or I should say to teach. They make it sound like the choices are we teach critical race theory or deny slavery existed. I mean, this, it's a false choice. It's a straw man argument. It is complete sophistry. This is not real. Her outrage is either completely misdirected, misconfused, uh, um, or deliberately intended to mislead the people hearing it. A little bit more of this, and I can take a break they are white is absolute nonsense you're speaking no nonsense. child alive today is mm-hmm. responsible for slavery right. no we can one agree in this on room that. is responsible for slavery that's right but each and every Refreshing single one of us hear. bears responsibility for writing the next chapter of okay. history Fine. each and every single one of us decides what happens next and that's how right. we respond to history and the world around us okay. we are not responsible for the past we also cannot change the past. We can't pretend that it didn't happen no or deny people their very right to exist. No one is... I am a straight... No! Deny someone's basic right to exist? Again, she said a lot of things there that I think we should acknowledge and agree with. We're not... No one alive today is responsible for slavery. She said that. We can't change the history of, of Amer- America's history. I wish everyone would come to that realization. I commend her for this. But then she takes the jump here to say that we cannot today uh, basically deny someone's basic right to exist because we're against teaching. And I'll tell you what this is. This is about the LGBTQIA plus um, community and this this transgender stuff for kindergartners. If we don't teach that in schools... We're somehow denying someone's basic right to exist. This is completely insane and delusional. Senator McMorrow, I've got to take a break. Quick timeout. Listen to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff. Back in a minute. Welcome back, my friends. Let's get through the rest of that's almost almost over here, the rest of her little speech here. I want to get through this because I again I think this is this is important here it is 
straight, white, Christian, married, suburban mom. I want my daughter to know that she is loved, supported, and seen for whoever she becomes. I want her to be curious, empathetic, and kind. People who are different are not the reason that our roads are in bad shape after decades of disinvestment or that health care costs are too high or that teachers are leaving the profession. I want every child in this state to feel seen, heard, and supported, not marginalized and targeted because they are not straight, white, and Christian. She is we cannot off. let hateful people tell you otherwise to scapegoat and deflect from the fact that they are not doing anything Whoa. to fix the real issues that impact people's How's lives. This not real. And I know that hate will only win if people like me stand by and let it You're a happen. Hero. So I want to be very clear right now. Call me whatever you want. I hope you brought in a few dollars. I hope it made you sleep good last night. I know who I am. I know what faith and service means and what it calls for in this moment. We will not let hate win. Okay. Sounds pretty hateful to me. But anyway, yikes. A um, lot to take away from that. I, I kind of think, what's the, the Shakespeare line? Me thinks she protests too much. I don't I just I think about these things and I was just telling Oz during the break. I think there is such a desire. There's such a desire by some people, I think. This is my interpretation. They they know the truth, they know what's right and wrong, and they feel that voice, they feel that conviction so powerfully inside that it's it totally rocks the world if that is also echoed externally from someone else and so they want them to shut up this is not about hating anybody this is not about hating it this is about teaching our children things in the case of critical race theory that things that are absolutely false or in the case the case of the transgender stuff teaching little kids folks 58 genders i i don't have time to go through them all you can imagine I could read them and I could say, do you think a three-year-old, because there's teachers that think three-year-olds. I've, I've got a, one from uh, on Twitter right here that I could play, but I'm just out of time. You think a three-year-old's prepared to talk about 58 genders? This is preposterous. We all know it. This is not logical. This is what, this is a real issue, by the way. If it wasn't, then why would these folks, some of these radicals want to be pushing this stuff on our kids? They know the importance of this. We cannot lose this fight. I've got to take a break. Sit tight back in just a minute. All right, my friends, we got through that. There's lots of other things I wanted to get to as well. But one thing I want to make sure I tell you, one thing I want to make sure I tell you is that pay attention, guys. If I'm allowed to say that today, Freegee Auctioneers, tomorrow, this, this weekend, is the annual Big Boy Toy Auction starting Saturday, 10 a.m., Clayton, Indiana, at the Freegee Campus there. Um, in fact, I think the pre-bidding has already started. Check it out. See what they have available. I think you're going to like this. FreegeeAuctioneers.com, F-R-E-I-J-E, auctioneers, plural with an S, dot com. So that's this weekend. Check it out. TJ's been a friend of mine for decades and a supporter of this program from the very earliest of days. So, folks, that's all the time that we have today, this week. Um, 
There's some exciting news. I've, I've hinted a couple times at this. I don't have time to go into it right now, but there's some things coming um, that I think each of you um, are going to be excited to hear as we continue uh, on this journey of growing our program, reaching more people, and so forth. And I'll share that with you as time goes along. I just don't have any time right now. So have a great weekend. SDG. See you Monday. Take care. Hey, Indy.